For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So these people go like, well, I love God, I, I hate the church. According to this, not according to me, <laughs> they're liars. They're liars because we can't say I love God, but we don't want to see our Christian brother or sister succeed and we don't care for them. Our faith is meant to be lived out with real people in real relationships. And it's meant to be lived out locally and specifically in a local house. In James chapter 4, James writes, he says, Is anyone amongst you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Note the context. It's local church. It's elders who you know. And it's elders who know you. We meant to be loved and known. And we meant to love and serve in turn. In Hebrews chapter, 20, chapter 10 verse 24, there's this powerful passage on hardening of hearts. Read it, chapter 10. And right in the middle it says this. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together as some are in the habit, but encouraging one another and all the more as we say, see the day drawing near. So in the whole context of hardening heart, he's saying, don't be like those people who neglect meeting together, who think church is fine just virtually. I'm going to focus on one passage of Scripture now, and it's Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to build my points off it. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Turn to the person next to me and tell them, you belong to me and I belong to you. <laughs> Might be the start of a beautiful relationship. <laughs> we, have, we have different gifts. Okay, come back. Come back. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it dil diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Romans 12 is the culmination of chapters 1 through to 11, which is the revelation of what Jesus has done and his goodness and his plan for us and, and the salvation. And then he says, live for him. 
and live for one another. There was a Harvard study. Anybody familiar with the Harvard study? Started in 1938. It's the greatest study ever done on health and life and joy. And it's been done for 85 years. Can you believe it? And they looked at over a thousand men. And then they added more people to it. It's worth reading about it. You can Google it. And they found this. Good genes are great. I mean, if you've got the genetic lottery and your parents are strong and healthy and Praise God. Good genes are great. Exercises, exercising, fantastic. Good diet, awesome. But more important than any of that is the community and the relationships that you're in. Far better predictor of joy and life and health and success is not your genes or your exercise or your diet, but it's the people that you are connected in with meaningful, loving relationships. It was Tim Keller who said, you know, to be, to be loved but not known is superficial. To be loved but not known is superficial. To be known and not loved, well, that's our greatest fear, right? But to be loved and known, it's the love of, that's like the love of God. It's what we all long for, and it's what God gives us in the church of Jesus Christ. You know, the Jewish mindset, as opposed to the Greek mindset, in the Jewish mindset, there's no separation between faith and action. There's no separation between what I think, what I feel, and what I do. I went to a Greek friend of mine's uh, for supper about three weeks ago, and uh, I got got into a fiery debate about the Ukraine and a whole lot of things, and we're not going to do that now. Um, and at the end of the evening, my wife kept like squeezing my leg. You know those moments where you're, like she's saying, stop it, you know. So at the end of the evening, I, I just said, look, I just want to apologize. You know, I'm just passionate for the Ukrainians, and I'm, you know, if I offended because this other guy was gunning the other way. I wasn't apologizing to him. I was apologizing to the host. Um, <laughs> I said to him, he said, no. He said, we Greeks, you know, at any party where there's six people, there's nine ideas. There's nine opinions. <laughs> In the Hebrew mindset, there's no different. You have, you have one mindset and you have one heart and you have one action and you have one passion. And it all aligns, unlike what my Greek friend said. The word integrity can be translated or explained as the quality of being honest or having strong moral principles. But there's another meaning for the word integrity, and that is to be whole and undivided. It's to be whole and undivided. Integrity means that our faith and our actions line up with the Word of God. Brothers, sisters, our place, our position, the position that we are called to take is in community. This is the place of blessing. This is the place of purpose in life. Now, there is a price to pay to take up your position. Jesus has done the heavy lifting. He has paid the ultimate price. But if you want to be part of the community of Jesus Christ, you want to be part of the local church, the first thing that is required is your life. Okay. that you surrender to Jesus, that you offer your body, that you say, 
I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of doing it my way, and I surrender to you. The second price is your pride. Romans 12, verse 3, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. There's a space. There is a place. There's an incredible space and place for every person in the local church. But all that is required is that you don't lift yourself up higher than you should. I felt a bit of anxiety coming here today. I don't normally feel anxiety when I go to places. But I know what amazing preachers Andrew and Carol are. So I felt like a little bit intimidated. <laughs> but then I lean into God and I go, Lord, I will just bring what I've got. I will just bring what I've got. Will you bring your five loaves and two fish? Some of us think of ourselves more highly. Maybe some of us think of ourselves more lowly. Will you think of yourself with sober judgment and say, there is a place for me in this local. There is a place. There is a position that I'm going to take. Thirdly, your independence. It says this, and each member belongs to all the others. And this completely flies in the face of the world and it's my life, it's my prerogative. We belong to each other. And if you want to enjoy the, the blessings and the benefits that come, you've got to pay the price. And you've got to be willing to give up some of your independence. Thirdly, there's a degree of giving up your purpose. Now, there's a general call on all of us. And that's to relationship with God and to make disciples. And there's a specific call for you, on you, in this house and outside to bring the kingdom of God. Will you bring your purpose, your gift, your grace to prophesy, your grace to serve, your grace to teach, your grace to encourage, your grace to give, your grace to lead? You know, when I arrived here this morning, there was a young lady who was greeting people. Man, she had a gift of doing it. Man, everybody who she greeted came away just feeling better. Will we give up our own preferences and fulfill the purpose that God has for us? Okay, now we get, sense, now we get into sensitive area. Will you give up your offense? Will you give up your rights for vengeance? Will you give up your unforgiveness. Luke 11 verse 4, Jesus speaking, teach them how to pray. And he says, pray this, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The moment you arrived at a perfect church, you know it became an imperfect church because you'd been added to it. Okay, it's a bit of a joke. Okay, I hope you get it. <laughs> God takes imperfect people. He breathes upon it. His spirit moves upon it, and it becomes something incredible. Will you forgive? Will you give up your offense? Offenses is going to come. Opportunities for you to exercise forgiveness are going to come across your path. We don't want it to be that way as pastors. We don't intend it. Sorry if it was me. Sorry if it was Carol. I apologize on behalf of the pastors. 
But maybe it was the usher. I don't know who's offended you. But to be part of the body of Christ, you've got to give up your vengeance. You've got to give up your unforgiveness. You've got to give up your offense. There was a very old lady, Mrs. Watson, who used to sit at the front of the church. And she was 95. And the pastor asked the whole congregation, they said, who of you have got enemies? And everybody put up their hand, except for 95-year-old Mrs. Watson. And he said, Mrs. Watson, how could you live 95 years and not have any enemies? She said, that's easy. I've just outlived them all. <laughs> she still hadn't forgiven them. <laughs> Let me give you one more scripture about the price of position. Paul writing, he said, oh, sorry, Luke writing. Paul writing to Corinthians, sorry. He says, now I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ. And found that the Lord had opened a door for me. He's talking about an opportunity. He's talking about revival, if you like. The heavens were opening. There was a door. He said, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother, Titus, there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. The early church valued Jesus and they valued each other. Even, there was, even though there was so much happening and there was an open door, even though there was revival, he was saying, but we do this together. I'm worried about my brother. I'm going to go after him like that one lost sheep. They were putting relationships even above spiritual success. Okay, let's talk about the power of position, of being positioned in the body of Christ in the local church. Firstly, healing. It says in James 5, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Have any of you ever read any of Brene Brown's books? Phenomenal author. I think she's a Christian. But if she is, she's like kind of operating in the secular world. So in one of her books, she talks about extraordinary courage versus ordinary courage. Extraordinary courage is standing in front of a tank or a gun or you know, doing something heroic. And then she said, but ordinary courage, from the French word cour, which means heart, is about bringing your heart to the table. Ordinary courage, which is required, is about bringing your heart to the table and revealing who you are. That's in the book called The Gift of Imperfection. You know what the gift of imperfection is? You. <laughs> Me. When we give ourselves to each other, that we, when we are vulnerable and we reveal ourselves to one another. I was flying to Cape Town a few weeks ago, and God just spoke to me, and he said, you've got to reveal more of yourself to some people. So I typed out these messages, hit send, obviously wait until the plane lands before it went off. And the Bible says this. Confess your sins one to another. You just want to do it with Jesus, right? Something's happened just between us and God. But some things like the cross happen horizontally. Jesus himself was ministered to by the angels on that last night. 
but he still needed his disciples to be with him. And for some of you, your healing and your wholeness and your breakthrough is going to come when you confess to a person. When you, when you share with somebody and they pray for you, and then healing will come. Secondly, so apart from healing that comes through being in your position in the body, character and destiny comes about when you're in the body. The Bible says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I cannot tell you how much of a better preacher, teacher, leader I am because of Andrew and Carol Gosman. They have refined me in such a gracious and good way. I pray you've got people in your life who are iron sharpening iron, who are building your character, who are refining your thinking, who are speaking straight to you. You know, my wife sometimes says things to me and it's like, uh, could you just say that to me nicer, please? <laughs> okay, uh, you don't have to put up your hands, couples, if you agree with me. I know you do. <laughs> but you know, people who speak the truth in love to you, they are gold. People that will have the courage to love you enough to speak the truth to you, that's iron sharpening iron. And in that, our character and our destiny grows. Do you want the rest of your life filled with short-term, shallow relationships? No. What we want is long-term, deep relationships, people that help us to fulfill our purpose and destiny, help re refine us. And this happens in the church and nowhere else. Thirdly, miracles and breakthrough happens as we are in our position in the church. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. We just had our Go conference. Thank you for those of you who came. Thank you for those of you who invested. Thank you for those of you who didn't come but sent other people there. You know, to have 71 nations together, to have 15, 1,600 internationals, 3,500 Southern Africans, 1,000 young people, 600 kids. The faith was palpable. There was power in agreement. And we're seeing miracles and breakthroughs since then. But so too for you in the local church, as we agree, as we are aligned, as we are in community, we see miracles, blessing, and breakthrough. Now that's all for us. But what about for him? What about the bigger picture? What about the glory of God? Jesus said this. He said, I pray that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they may also be one in us. Why? That the world may believe that you sent me, and that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me. Our oneness, our unity, our coming together, laying aside disagreements, laying aside hurts, laying aside the past, coming together. You know what it does? It advances the kingdom of God. It brings down the blessing, the anointing. What does it say? Jesus prays that we might be one, that the world might believe. I've been to nations where Every second block, there's another church. 
And this one was a break-off from that one, which was a break-off from that one, which was a break-off from that one, which was a break-off from that one. And the world looks at it and scoffs and, and says, you can't even get your act together. I pray that you as a church may be one. That people come in and go like, wow, this is a miracle. People of every ethnos, every language, from South Africa, from north of the Limpopo, from America, from the whole world, gather together. Here, every nation Ramsach, to the glory of God, brings revival, brings blessing. Secondly, Ephesians 3.10 says this, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Not through me, and not through you alone. But the polypoikolos is the word, the multi-hued, this glorious rainbow of light and radiance will be seen through the church. Don't you want God to receive the glory? Don't you want people to come to him? It's bigger than ourselves. It's bigger than what's just good for us. As we come together, as we take up our positions in the church, God receives the glory. The church manifests who and what it's meant to be. People come into the kingdom. And Jesus receives the reward of his sufferings. Recap. Take up your position. Your position is in the body. This is the place of connectedness that God wants you to be part of. I pray that you would lay aside your hurt, Lay aside your mindsets that are against the word of God. If you're from another church, praise God. If you're visiting, great to have you. But if you're not in a church, I pray that you'd be added. And if you are a perpetual visitor that never settles down, never serves, never gives, never opens up their life, that today you'd make a choice to respond to what the word of God says and take up your position. There's a place, and it's in the body of Christ. There's a price. I pray you'd be willing to, to pay it. There's an incredible power that comes upon you and through you as you take your place. And above all, it's for him. It's for his praise and for his glory. Can we pray together? Thank you, Lord. Friends, before I talk to you as a church, I want to give you an opportunity as an individual. If you are here and, and your life is not right with God, if you've drifted, you've backslidden, you've fallen away, or perhaps you've never said, Lord, I surrender. You've never truly done this. We want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Jesus said that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father. And so what is required, according to that scripture, is a public declaration of saying, Amen. I choose Jesus. Now as you're sitting there, understand this. You can't clean up your act. You don't first burn this or stop that or throw away your pipe or whatever. You don't do that. What you do is you say, Jesus, I acknowledge you. Jesus, I need you. 
Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, help me. Help me to be free from these things. It starts with your surrender and by your public declaration of faith in him. If you want to do that today, I'm going to ask that you lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you. couple of hands. There's some more people here. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. All right. Church, won't you stand to your feet, please? I saw two, I think three hands. If you lift up your hand, won't you come to the front, please? And can we celebrate as they come forward? The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice. Won't you come to the front, please? And, and even if you didn't lift up your hand, but you know you need to do this. Just come to the front now. Come on. Is there anybody else? You know you need to make right with God. Is there anybody else? Just come to the front now. Don't resist God. Come on. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray this prayer aloud. Jesus hears it. Church, can we support them by praying it with them? Just lift up your hands. Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn from doing it my way. And I choose to follow you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Savior. I declare that you are my Lord. From today, I will follow. I will be part of your plan and your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we pray. We pray that the power of sin would be broken, every chain broken. And Lord, from today, Lord God, they would know you. They would serve you. They would experience Zoe life. Add them into community. Add them into church. Add them into relationship. Lord God, cause them to be, to be discipled, Lord God. Cause them to come into the fullness of their position in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am... Um this week I've heard two mind-blowing testimonies. First of all, can we give Pastor Roger a hand? That was amazing. So amazing. I heard two mind-blowing testimonies. So we had a lady who was at our prayer rooms recently who uh, had been diagnosed with cervical cancer. Uh, she was devastated because her mom had died of cervical cancer. And so she was really just traumatized by the news. She was prayed for at our healing rooms and then she went for further tests because they need to do further tests to work out how they're going to treat her, etc. And there was no sign of cancer in her body at all. I know, guys, isn't it amazing? God is so faithful. He's just better than we ever think. Then there was another testimony that I just heard this morning from Jack. Where are you, Jack? Just waving me. There you are. Um, about someone who had been, were they fully blind? She was busy losing her eyesight, so she, it was on the way, uh, on the way out. She was prayed for and has completely restored her eyesight. Can we, God, God, God is just amazing. The Creator of the universe can do anything. Nothing is impossible for Him. 
So I want to pray for three groups of people. I want to pray for people that you have had chronic diseases over a long period of time and and God wants to heal you. I I feel like some of you have received a diagnosis of something. This is the second thing recently that has not sat well with you. I feel like God wants to heal you. So I would love us to pray for those two categories of people. The second, the third thing I want to pray for is we spoke about the Holy Spirit earlier. And I would love to pray for anyone who has not been baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I would love to pray for those people and, and trust God with you for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and to have the evidence of the gifts. So I'm going to ask the fire squad to come forward that's our ministry team if you could come forward and help us pray so if you wouldn't mind coming out of your seats right now if you if you can do that thank you and then if you have any of those three conditions um, we would love 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 to pray for you God God saw you this morning and he already prepared a miracle for you Um, awesome Pastor Roger won't you come say the blessing over us all right so If this word spoke to you and you know you need to take up your position in the local church, I want to pray for you. And just lift up your hands as acknowledgement as I pray. So this word is spoken to you by being positioned and taking up your position. Father, as we we lift up our hands, look out, we acknowledge what your word says about the local church, about community. Look, God, about the place that we are called to take, look out. And as we, as we lift up our hands, we say, lead us and guide us. Lord, may we not be selfish, Lord God, but may we take hold of the revelation that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And even as Wayne spoke, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So, Father, we consecrate ourselves to serve the most important person on earth, which is the bride and the body of Christ. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, awesome. So please, if you need prayer for any of that, please go on. You can start coming up now. We also have our final ignition today, Discover Every Nation. If you are interested in finding out more about the church, being connected to the church, you raise your hand, you want to find your place in the church, you can join us at the hall right behind this for Discover Every Nation, our introduction to membership. You're welcome to join us. God bless you. Have a glorious week. Be strong and courageous. Jesus is with you.